Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What's up, everyone? It's Noah Daniels. Hey, y'all, and I'm JJ. And on this episode, we had a fan reach out. Brianne contacted us on email. So we were excited to get her on the podcast and hear her ghost stories about a haunted house that she was in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Brianne, how are you doing? I'm good. Now, Brianne, I'm curious, what what makes you so interested in the supernatural? I know you're, you've are um, you enjoyed our podcast and reached out to us from time to time. What is it that keeps bringing you back to that world? I think probably a lot of it stems from my mom because she's into supernatural stuff a lot, like horror movies and um, like uh, Stephen King books and stuff like that. So I started watching and reading horror stuff at a really young age. And okay, I have a question for you about that because I, one of my New Year's resolutions is that I need to read more and I have never read anything by Stephen King despite the fact that he's like one of the most prolific living authors in the world. So if you had to recommend a Stephen King book to someone right off the bat who wants to read something totally different that he has not seen the movie for, uh, so basically just not The Shining, uh, what, what book would you say I should start with? My favorite Stephen King book is The Stand the about Stand. the end of the world. Ooh, I, I love think- a good end of the world book. And isn't that on Paramount Plus right now? I feel like I keep getting that recommended to me. Yeah, they started a new um, TV series about it. I haven't watched it yet, so I can't comment on that. But the book is really good. It's really long. It's like over a thousand pages. Wow. But That's worth fine. it. I'm reading Dune right now. So, oh, wow. you know, <laughs> I'm like, okay, long books. That's okay. So, Brianne awkward segue but you know we do like to find out where our guests are on the believometer where do you kind of fall zero meaning you don't believe in ghosts at all and 10 ghosts are absolutely real um i would say i'm probably a 10 insofar as i believe that anything is real so like i would consider myself agnostic and like also we could all be living in a simulation and we wouldn't know we could be sims and someone's controlling us and like, there's so much about cognizance and the human mind that we don't know about, anything about still that, you know, ghosts are probably real, but also like everything could be fake. So that's where I'm at with that. That's an interesting take. I personally am like more comfortable with the idea that, well, not comfortable. I'm not comfortable with the idea of a simulation, but I'm like more willing to believe that we're all in a simulation before I'm full. Well, I don't know, actually, because ghosts... There are a lot of good ghost stories. I don't know where I was going with this. Just that, yeah, this could be a simulation. I think you just had a full debate with yourself. That's an interesting uh, way of putting agnostic with kind of the world. I've always just believed that like no one person has the answer. So I think that's why I enjoy this podcast so much because we get to hear so many people claim firsthand experiences. I think that's why I've struggled uh, the older I've gotten with like religion as a concept because there are so many like, one people who think they can give you all the answers for such a broad scope of topic. But yeah, I don't know. The simulation theory is really interesting, especially when you go online or like go to Reddit 
and look up all like the quote unquote, like matrix glitches. And you see these <laughs> doubles of people like on subways and things like that, you know, which I also get, that's kind of a numbers game. You know, there's just so many people in the world, stuff like that's probably bound to happen, but it's just a, a human trying to figure things out. That stuff is always a little baffling to me. So I, I appreciate that take. Well, Brianne, I'm curious. So you said that you're a 10 and you kind of explained your point of view, but what, what was the earliest age that you had a supernatural experience? Um, living at my great grandma's house um, before my sister was born. So I was probably like 10 or 11. And is that, is that time period when the bulk of your experiences took place? Cause I think most of the stories you shared with us via email were in that house. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And well, obviously we want to hear about those before we jump right into the stories. What do you think it was about you and your great grandmother that were allowed to kind of experience these out of world things? Um, obviously, I don't know for sure, but my feeling always was because my biological grand great grandfather lived in that house for a long time. He died before I was born. He died in the hospital. And then my step great grandfather, who was around when I was little, died in the house of a heart attack. Mm. So I always felt like the stuff happening was like one of them or both of them trying to talk to her, mm -hmm. but she always just like ignored it, just like acted like it wasn't happening, which was kind of funny. And then me and my mom would be like, uh, that's weird. She'd be like, mm, meh, it happens. It's interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting how like some of us are so drawn to or, you know, quick to recognize experiences that may or may not be supernatural or kind of, you know, odd. And then other people just could care less. <laughs> They're like, oh, whatever, I got to do my I got to do my day. I'm not worried about those things happening. Well, yeah, so we'd, we'd love if you'd walk us through those experiences. Little things would happen in the house. Like she, she was pretty old. I mean, even when I was there, so she would just like sit and watch TV all day. And the TV volume would turn up and down by itself, like all the time. It was kind of an old TV, so it could have been that, but it happened so often that it was just kind of weird. And even though that was like her main thing for the day, it still didn't bother her. She'd just turn it back down. It'd go right back up. She'd turn it back down, like <laughs> do that all the time. Wow. <laughs> was it on specific shows or just randomly happen whenever? Well, she always watched her Christian shows, so okay. I don't think it had anything to do with that, though, because that's all that she watched. So <laughs> do you remember what kind of because what uh, do you remember what year that was? I'm curious what kind of TV it was that this was happening on. Well, it was still older at that time, too. Like it wasn't a new TV at that time. Mm -hmm. So but I would if I was around 10, so it was around like 2005. So like maybe like a old school, like box TV kind of thing. Or, yeah. 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 Okay. yeah Did that you was... ever think maybe you had like something jammed in like the volume button or like on the remote? I mean, maybe, but I mean, we did like look at it, you know, yeah. it's going to be like, what is going on? But it just, it seemed fine. It would just go up and down by itself. And was yeah. it only when she was watching, like she was in control of things? Like if you were watching TV, would it happen to you as well? No, only when she was watching it. But mm -hmm. even when like I would be sitting next to her, seeing that she's not touching the remote, that nobody's touching the TV, it would do that. But only if she was there. Mm -hmm. I never thought about that before you asked me. But when it was just me by myself, yeah, it didn't do that. 
So, so in a way, and you know, we'll, I'm sure get more into this as we go through these stories. Do you feel like she may have been a catalyst for these supernatural experiences? Yeah, I think that it was my great grandpa was trying to talk to her mm-hmm. um, because after she died, my cousin owns the house now. And I lived there later on in life with my cousin. And um, I never really had anything weird happen then. And I've asked my younger cousin, who's like a teenager now, you know, we were just sitting around the campfire one night. I'm like, did you ever have anything weird happen in the house? Because I did. And she said no. So <laughs> I felt like after my great grandma passed away, that it stopped. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we hear about that sometimes where guests aren't necessarily the hosts of the supernatural experience. They're just part of the experience, which I think that's what I would want. I don't think I would want to be the person that it continues to follow, you know, like Kat and JJ can have their ghost at their house. You know, I'll just hear it in editing every now and then. I don't, I don't need to welcome it over into my house too. Right. <laughs> yeah. It won't be in this episode because Kat's not here. True. Um, True. That's apparently who it's attached to. Oh, interesting. So you had the experience with the TV. What's the next one that you remember? Um, Other little things like she had a touch lamp next to her chair, you know, where you just touch the base or any of the metal parts and it'll go on and off and it would go on and off by itself all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, So, I mean, that could have been something else. I don't know, just a faulty lamp or something. But also now that you asked me if the TV happened when she wasn't there, the lamp thing never happened when she wasn't there either. Hmm. So, and she was never know. like struck by lightning or electrocuted. Like she didn't have like some weird magnetic field around her no. or anything. <laughs> okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You know, I guess you got to ask. I had a, uh, well, I didn't play softball, but we had our principal in high school was also the softball coach and he got struck by lightning twice, two to two separate games. And he was, I mean, he was fine in the sense that he got to live a normal life after that. I'm sure it hurt. <laughs> during the experience but yeah he didn't get any special powers he was just kind of a dick um and just continued to be a dick but oh did anyway. he have like a white streak through his hair no nothing i think he had a burn mark uh like on his back or something you know but no, nothing cool uh, and and that happened both times it happened at a softball game yeah yeah because he was the coach yeah it was like one of the situations where they were like um gonna you know pause the game or whatever for a storm and i guess he was apparently like, they did not pause it soon enough yeah well <laughs> maybe somebody was trying to tell him something i mean we had corporal punishment at our school and he was the one who always got what? to paddle everybody yeah what kind of fucked up school did you go to now how old are just you uh, <laughs> hey just uh, i'm wondering i just, thought uh, i knew you but are you like 80? Yes, I are yours. Uh no. Um I just a private school in Mississippi, you know, they all do that stuff. So So private schools are still allowed still. to use yeah, children. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, all the parents sign off on it. The only place I ever got uh hit like that was at that school because we had a vending machine and I figured out one day if you pressed the Dr Pepper twice when you put money in, you could get unlimited Dr Peppers. So I got like 10 Dr Peppers and they apparently somebody ratted me out and so i got spanked with a, a wooden paddle that's messed up yeah. oh hey I'm, I'm sorry that you went through that i'm sorry for any other listeners yeah. who got beat by their teachers because yeah. that's and now i can't enjoy a dr pepper unless somebody's hitting me with a paddle <laughs> um 
This just got real kinky. <laughs> well, yeah. after after that sidetrack. So it seems like a lot of these so far have to do with, you know, kind of uh, electrical experiences in the home. Was there some experiences that didn't involve um, that kind of manipulation or was that the primary thing you noticed? So the biggest thing, and this was like the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me in my life. Um, so me and my great grandma are both sitting in the living room in our lazy boys watching TV. The way the house was set up from my chair, you could see straight through the dining room into the kitchen. So we're just sitting there like nothing's really going on. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, she had all these little figurines on her kitchen windowsill above the sink. Like, you know, the ones that old people like mm-hmm. that are like. I imagine JJ likes them too. I don't know why, but I feel like they're in <laughs> JJ's wheelhouse. But they make me think of my grandma. So Aww. yeah, that's why. But yeah. yeah. So she had like at least 10 of these little figurines on the windowsill. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they all flew off the windowsill over the sink onto the kitchen floor, like a good like four or five feet, mm. just all at the same time. Wow. And it looked like someone like took their forearm and shoved them all. And I was freaked out. <laughs> so I was just sitting there for a second, like, um, and I knew I had to go in there and pick them up because we were the only ones home. My mom wasn't home. But I was like trying to gain the courage to go in there because I imagined like in my 10 year old brain, like a ghost standing in the kitchen and I didn't want to walk in there and have the ghost like slap me or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did they so, break? No. Oh. <laughs> they just, and like the window was closed. And even if it was open, there was not like a tornado or anything going on. Like there would have not been wind strong enough to knock all of them down at the same time and that far. So eventually I went in there and picked him up and I was like, Gigi, isn't that weird? And she's just like, "Mm, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Makes you wonder what else she saw that she just never told you about that. She was just like, "Eh, you know, the vacuum vacuum generational thing. Like, just like, I don't understand it. I'm just going to suppress any curiosity. (laughs) Was there anything unusual about those figurines themselves? I mean, was there, I mean, I I imagine they were mostly like Christian based, just from what you've said about her, like angels and things like that, or was something unusual? Yeah. I think they were mostly like angels and like maybe like a little teddy bear thrown in there and stuff, Mm -hmm. but nothing like special about them that I know of. Maybe some of them were my great grandpa's but I don't know. I never asked. I'd love to think that it was like a thing. Your, your great grandpa was just like, I've always hated these glass figurines and just like never said anything about it because, you know, generational, who, you know, just suppressed. No one knows what I'm talking about. Cause he's like 80. All right. But <laughs> did anything else in the house fall down or was it just those figurines? Uh, just those figurines that I know of. But now I'm wondering what my great grandma saw that she never talked about. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, like, like in that instance, like, like if, uh, oh. you know, if it was like some kind of like, I don't know if there earthquake. was an earthquake or something, you'd think there would be like something else. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, no, just those fell. And also we don't have earthquakes in Michigan. Oh uh, yeah. 
Yeah, that one's pretty hard to refute. I'm trying to think if I've ever witnessed or heard of anything. I mean, you know, obviously we've heard on the podcast of poltergeist things happening where, you know, doors open or things may fall or things like that. But in my life, I've never witnessed anything like that. Have you, JJ? No, the only thing I can think of is when I was in college, there was this story about um, like this little like statue from like ancient Egypt that was in a museum and it had like like the like god of the underworld or something on it and it like throughout the day it was just like very 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 slowly rotate and spin around and they like did this like like they filmed it and put it on a time lapse but eventually these like physicists you know tested it and were like what the fuck is going on um because they have evidence from a museum about this and they're like oh it's it's on a glass thing with very little friction and there's a train nearby and so when like the train goes by it just causes it to rotate like ever so slightly and then that's Hmm. just happening throughout the day but that that's not like something just suddenly flying off a shelf i don't know how and like 10 of them at the same time yeah, and the yeah. force to go like over the sink as well is pretty unusual. That's weird. Yeah, yeah I, I that would bother me. Like I'm just looking around in uh, my room. I'm in the kitchen right now, and if something just flew off, I don't. I mean, obviously, like I wouldn't leave my house, but I'd definitely take an extra dose of melatonin or something to go to sleep. I know. That's why I was wondering if my younger cousin had any experiences in the house because that that was the weirdest thing that ever happened to me. So I was like. Did anything weird happen to you? But no, unfortunately. <laughs> and since you've been out of that home, have you had anything happen or was it all everything just reserved to that house? I had a couple kind of weird things happen in this house. I bought last year and it was built in 1935. Um, they're not super weird, but just enough to make me kind of go. Mm. So one is that when there's just enough moisture on the walls, you can see like handprints. And for the living room, it makes sense to me because this is the only room I didn't paint when I moved in, but it's in like the kitchen and the bathroom too. And I painted all the other rooms when I moved in here. So it's not like it's from the people that lived here before me. And I live alone and I know that I wasn't putting my hands all over the wall. (laughs) So I just think it's kind of weird. Um, one in the bathroom <laughs> is like, looks like someone was bent over the counter. And <laughs> my mom was like, uh, you know, you have your own house, right? You don't have to do that in the bathroom. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> like, oh my God, it wasn't me. <laughs> Got a freaky so, ghost in the house. Yeah. Kinky ghost. <laughs> That's kind of weird. Yeah. And then um, one night I have an inhaler and I woke up at like three in the morning. I needed to use it. I couldn't find it. So I get out of bed. I'm looking like all over the house, scouring everything. I took everything apart, could not find it anywhere. So eventually I just like tried to breathe it out and go back to sleep, <laughs> which is not fun when you need to puff off inhaler. Wake up in the morning and it is sitting, the inhaler is sitting in the middle of the couch just perfectly placed right there oh my goodness and you had looked there i'm assuming and it wasn't there yeah i looked everywhere and i live alone again 
So I'm like thinking, okay, maybe some spirit either is trying to kill me or <laughs> it was lost and they're trying to save me by finding it for me. Yeah. <laughs> JJ, you need one of those for your keys. I feel like a ghost that helps me find them. Yeah. No, uh, pretty much like this in- entire past weekend, I did not have my keys because they were in the garage and I forgot that they were in there. So you need one. Of, do you have, I can't remember. Do you have an iPhone? No, I no. have a shit phone. I was going to say maybe for Christmas, I'll get iPhone. you one of those little tracker things that you can put on your key rings, but yeah, I need one. Yeah. I need one of those for my keys, my glasses, my wallet, all of it. They have a little thing that can make it beep now, don't they? I think. I feel like I saw that on an infomercial one time. Like old people, when people know his age or people my age. Okay. I'm going to get you a life <laughs> alert if you keep this up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brianne, before we get you out of here, is there anything you want to plug or, or direct people to? Or um, I know we would also love to kind of hear about how you found our podcast and, you know, if, if there's many episodes that have really struck you since you've been listening. Um. People can follow me on Instagram if they want. I'm not like an influencer or anything, but I post memes sometimes. It's not underscore Brianne, B-R-I-A-N-N-E. And um, I found the podcast just by looking on Spotify. I just literally typed in like ghost (laughs) and yours was one of the ones that came up and I decided to give it a try. And then I liked it. I uh, really like how it's like, a safe space for people to talk about their experiences while at the same time having a good dash of skepticism. Yeah. So it's not just like, Oh, all of this is real. And like, you have to believe it or, or you're stupid for believing it. Like you can go either way and feel comfortable listening. And, you know, and I think most people feel comfortable talking to you guys about it. Cause you're not like judgmental or anything except for JJ sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like us not really having an agenda helps with that. We try to just be like normal-ish people hearing these unnormal, unnormal, is that a word? Less than normal stories or things that most people don't experience. Paranormal? Oh, shit. Uh, yes, paranormal. Right there. With that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm JJ. I'm Brianne. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.